Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. <laughs> like a bloopers. And welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. People are talking over me. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. And uh, we are a tech company that works with churches. We, we do all sorts of cool stuff like streaming video, church management stuff. Uh, we do mobile apps, all that good stuff. And we love helping churches. We love working with churches, working with volunteers, and not just always tech-related stuff. Sometimes we'll talk about volunteer things and enabling people in ministry because we, Steve and I both have a lot of, of ministry experience. But today we have a special guest in the studio. Yes, we do. And his name would be? Dan Patagoni. There you go. Dan, Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? All right, good. Speak up. you got to speak up. you got to project. Got to get into the microphone. And we have Dan in the studio. He's this is studio. very, we're normally, yeah. we're using Skype or something else, but we right. got him yeah. flown all the way in from New York he City. He flew in from New York City. Actually, he's from Tucson here. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dan has a company called Fireproof Computing, and we're, today we're going to talk about computers, and probably we're going to cover a wide range of things within the next 28 minutes or so, but we're most likely going to talk about how you can really keep your computer healthy you know, keep it so that you don't have, you know, you're not overrun with viruses, those kind of things. And, and that's what we're going to do. But first, I want to ask Dan, Dan, you've been doing the computer thing for a long time. And you, we're old friends with Dan. Uh, he's helped us a lot. He was actually my producer when I was the church online pastor at Alive. Uh, and he's helped us with computers, not only in churches, my church, Steve's church, but that's your business. So, so Dan, uh, what got you going into, into the computer business? Uh, well, what got me going into it was a friend of mine was doing this for a while, and I found it kind of interesting what he was doing, and kind of just started getting me into it. And as I started getting into it, he started bringing clients my way, and I kind of saw it as an opportunity to take off with it. So I went and got a few more certificates and more schooling and that's training that's, and all that yeah that's non-stop and that never stops yeah and then sort of just took off from there uh, and you've been doing it now quite a while uh how long have you been doing this i've been doing it for over 10 years yeah mm-hmm. wow and you really specialize more really with windows more like pcs right we do yeah, yeah. we pretty much mostly windows yeah that's what 98 percent of the all businesses and churches yeah. Are all running Windows? I would, I would 98%? assume. I made that yes. up right on the fly, oh, okay. just well, like I, all you're, all you're statistics. Such a big guy on stats that I thought maybe that was true. Well, it, it is true. <laughs> you're close. It's actually like ninety eight point one percent. There you go. <laughs> well, all right. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while. You like doing this, uh, obviously. So, uh, so tell us here. I'm. Let's let's. I'll just set this up, Steve. You can jump in there anytime you anytime you like, but. I'm listening to this podcast, and I, you know, I, I work with my church. Maybe I'm a volunteer. Maybe I'm on staff, but I'm kind of in the tech department. I have com- computers. Uh, what are some things I need to know, at least right off, to you know, to keep my computers healthy and to really get the most out of them as you know, as we serve in the church. Well, I say first thing would be antivirus. Make antivirus. sure you've got an antivirus on there, and make sure it's up to date. 
Okay, but so there's lots of antivirus, and, and Steve's looking at me because no, Steve just... thinks that Windows is a big, <laughs> huge virus, and he might be right. But because uh, Steve's a Mac guy, but uh, so when you say antivirus, I mean I see all sorts of different antiviruses out there all the time, and and some of them they seem a little sketchy to me. I mean, are there is there one or two you might recommend? Yeah, we we recommend Avast, the free version. Okay. You don't need the paid version. The free Avast. version, yeah, A-V-A-S-T. A-V-A-S-T. See, I'm going to be finding out how, whether I'm on track or not, because, yeah, that's, if you'd asked me, that would have said the same thing. But I was, that was from knowledge from a long time ago. It's, so still, it's still a pretty good one. So, yeah. so the mm-hmm. free version. The free version, yeah. Okay. The free version will give you the same protection as far as uh, viruses go. Okay. Uh, Avast. Now, when you're, when you're talking about viruses, there's, there's different viruses. You know, you'll call them uh, malware and there's all kinds of different names for them. So your antivirus isn't going to cover everything. Okay. So the second one I'd recommend would be uh, Malwarebytes. And you can use the free one on that one as well. Malwarebytes, and B-Y-T-E-S. B-Y-T-E-S, yeah. And you can get that from Malwarebytes.org. Okay. Those are the two we'd first recommend. Okay. Uh, so, so an antivirus, uh, make sure you install something like that in, on your computer. And you need to keep it up to date, obviously, right? Correct. It'll usually keep itself up to date Okay. normally. But if not, then you've got a problem. Okay. All so right. um, I, I've worked in different environments and some big company environments and smaller. But I'm wondering about, like, typical church. I know, and I'm dating myself, but initially people say, oh, you've got to get uh, some computers in your office or your church or whatever. And the first thing to do was, well, we need to install a Novell network and get everybody networked together. And I assume that doesn't take place very much anymore. People just install computers, get on the Internet, maybe set up a shared drive. What, what, what is a typical what, – what do you recommend for a typical business? What do they need networking-wise? Well, a typical small business, uh, you really don't need much. You don't need a server. Uh, most people aren't really – sharing that huge amount of files and they'll usually just stick it on a thumb drive and pass it around yeah you know but you could use something like like a dropbox account yeah you know that's real simple and to set up and real easy to share files Uh i guess to a certain extent we have our own small business office with us and you're talking about the exact kind of things that we're doing we've got you know we set up dropbox we use um Skype and other tools for for communication amongst everybody and um, yeah, there's there's not a dedicated network between you know at the facility. So yeah, I mean you could end up setting. It kind of really just depends on what you have going on. You know, if you're a small business but you have a lot of files, you could set up a a network storage device. You know, but most businesses and churches they don't need a server running the whole system. Right. They're not big enough for it. It wouldn't be worth the money. Right. Yeah. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. All okay. the churches we've seen have all just been that. They've just had their own computers, and they may share one drive or folder on someone's computer, and everybody can get to it. Right. You know, but that's really the extent of it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So uh, back to church computers and all that stuff. Well, I know we're still talking about that, but let's talk a little bit about operating systems. So we're talking Windows here specifically, and Steve will jump in here pushing Ubuntu pretty soon, uh, or, or a Mac unit. But bef- before we get to that, let's talk about Windows. And 
uh, I am surprised that some of our customers that I've talked to don't seem to have the latest Windows operating system. I've talked to a few recently. Or even the later Windows operating system. Well, let's not get personal here, <laughs> but, but yeah. So uh, why should a person have the latest operating system, or, maybe, or, or should they not? I mean, there, there may be people running Windows 7 right now. I did talk to a couple people, Windows XP, which we won't get into. Yeah, but, but you have XP, you should just stop. <laughs> just yeah. stop. Well, is it, you know, the, the, the current trend or thinking is, will you skip every other version of Windows, right? That seems that to be true the case, for the office yeah. as well? Or? Uh, oh, Microsoft Office? No, no, I mean, within the business environment, I assume they'll skip every other version as well and say, oh, we'll do Windows 7 here for a while, we'll get everybody on Windows 7 and... They We're going to skip eight, and then we'll go to ten, and you know, yeah. skip whatever's next. So yeah, they tend to do that simply because you'll find every other one they've taken the time to work the bugs out. You know, so seven, eight was horrible. Ten's better. So, but so should people? My question is this: I'm sitting there. I've got Windows Seven on my machine. Should I update now to Windows Ten? You should be on an operating system that is still supported simply because of compatibility and security patches. Supported by Windows. Supported by Microsoft, yes. Right. So and if you're on 7, you're okay till I believe, 2020. But if you jump into Windows 10 now, you've keyed that box to Windows 10. Right. If you jump into Windows 10 now, get it keyed, and then jump back to Windows 7, well, later on down the road, you can jump that box up to 10, and since it's already keyed out, you don't have to go get another key for 10. And when you say key, tell, what, what do you mean by key? Well, when they were doing the, the free update, the way that it was worked, 7 would jump to 10, and it would take the key that 7 had and right. use to install 10. Okay. Now, you don't get the free upgrade technically anymore, but if you search the web, you'll find there are still ways to do it legally. That's true. So, so I'm sitting with Windows 7. All right, maybe I should get 10, but oh, no, I've got to pay for 10 since, since that Right, since that free kind of thing, correct? Yeah, that free window of opportunity kind of slipped by. Yeah, but you're kind of winking here, saying rumor has it if you look into assistive technologies update, there's a way to do it still free to get Windows free. Yeah, so Windows it's Center. it's made for people who like uh, blind, so they have assistive technologies stuff like that. That loop is still there for them to upgrade for free. My, uh, Microsoft doesn't really require you to prove anything, so I'm not recommending you do it, but I'm not saying that you can't either. Okay. Yeah. So if, if I'm in church and I've got, I don't know, five, ten computers at the facility, do I want everybody running the same ver- um, version of Windows, or is there any advantage, or, did, or does it matter? It would help if they're all up on the same version. On the same version, they, so if they they're all, a, yeah. They so, talk a little better with okay. each other. You don't have to be. You can be on a 7 mm-hmm. and somebody else on a 10, but it, it syncs a little better, talks a little better. Because you know, you're talking newer technology, new, new protocols, security. Right. So there's an 10. advantage to being on the latest. There is, yeah. But then okay. you also have your disadvantages too. And what would those be? Compatibility. Okay. Sometimes you'll upgrade to 10 and you'll find your video driver doesn't work anymore. Uh, you know, Or audio drivers. Something. We've had some people with ProPresenter, which is a presentation software that you know a lot of churches use. And in fact, my own church, uh, Windows 
forced itself on us, and we got Windows 10. And then my gal that, that works ProPresenter in the next week opened up ProPresenter. All the files were gone. <laughs> so she had to dig back to get stuff that we had fortunately had on hard drive, but the ProPresenter files had disappeared. And, and it had to be it had something to do with the Windows 10 update. I think we already had Windows 10, but it did the it did the huge update. It's a creators edition, yeah, I uh, creators I edition, know. I think. And it forced it on you, right? It forced, yeah. It, it was not a gentleman <laughs> at it all. Was it was not it a just, gentleman, huh? It, it had a few drinks and said, "Hey." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is, it, we we already had Windows 10, and then it made the big. I, there was a big update. What a mm-hmm. couple months ago for Windows 10. Right. Yes. And yeah. I'm looking at Steve. He doesn't know, but yeah, yeah. But, the, but Dan knows here. So, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. The the thing with those updates is that again, it's compatibility and security is the biggest thing for all the updates. Okay. So yeah, it's going to sometimes break some things, but Windows Windows will uninstall some programs when it's doing these updates because for some reason it doesn't like it for whatever reason they've decided. So on the Pro Presenter. There was probably some files that, for some reason, it just didn't like, didn't agree with, and it either removed them, uh, will uninstall them, or it will move them to a folder. Uh, usually the folder is at the, the C drive. I believe it's called windows.old. It's just a folder, and you can whittle down and find a lot of okay. things moved into that folder. So that's just one thing to consider if you wake up one okay. day and it... All right. Sounds good. So we were just talking before we went live here about... Um, backups and backup systems how important is it to have a backup system some of us at the at the mics here don't have a backup system right was that be i have dropbox <laughs> what, what more do we need i have dropbox that's not a backup <laughs> well okay so let so educate me enlighten me all right so, so backups yeah what yeah. do we need first thing is though it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when when you need the backup so for backup, it's like a copy somewhere else of your stuff, a recent copy preferred, not like a year-old copy. So you've got a couple different ways to do backups. One, you can put a external hard drive in and back up to that drive. Uh, you can back up to the cloud, like we were talking about CrashPlan, which uh-huh. used to be really good uh, for home users. Uh, really inexpensive, too, but now it looks like they're ditching the home users and going to just businesses. So there's a couple other directions you can go. I know we were kind of... So the, you can you can back up to an external drive. I guess the, the only downfall there would be is something happened to the facility where that external drive was Correct. located. So yeah. Like a flood? Yeah, yeah, you have a like flood. Like what's going on in Houston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me back up for a moment, though. When we say backup, what are we talking about backing up here? I mean, because, you know, everybody's looking at me like I have a third eye because I use Dropbox. But, <laughs> but I mean, I if there's pictures or there's, you know, files, documents that I want to save, I put them up in Dropbox. Okay? But are we talking programs? When you say backup, you're talking not just documents here, right, but also programs? Mostly we're talking your files, Software. your files, you know, pictures, documents, yeah. stuff like that. But you you can back up your entire hard drive. Uh, with Windows, you can do a system image, and that'll take your entire drive, compress it down, and put it as one big file. 
And that way, if your hard drive crashes, say, tomorrow, and you made a system image today, you just buy a new drive and recover from that, and you're right where you were when you made that. You don't have to reinstall anything. You're exactly off where you were. Okay. But yeah. usually we're just talking about your stuff. Yeah. Does Windows, you got to go in and, and do a system restore, tell it. How does that work? I, I'm, I'm not a real so, frequent Windows user, so... So how do so I make a... Did I mention he hates Windows? <laughs> go ahead. Well, normally what you do is you go whittle down into your backup and you find System Restore, and it'll kind of prompt you through it. You need to plug in a, a drive, or usually it's a drive. You can't do this on a, on a DVD drive. But an external hard drive, and it'll kind of it'll run you through it. It'll back up to it, and then after it's done, it'll ask you, do you want to make a disk? And that's where you make a little DVD disk. And that's the disk you boot off of. Oh, okay. So when you, if you have to put a new hard drive in, you boot off that disk, plug in your external drive, and the disk will boot up and prompt you almost in the reverse. Do you want to restore all this stuff that's... Yeah. Can okay. you make a US, Can you so put you, it on a USB? If the USB drive is big enough, which they're getting to be big enough nowadays, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how often should I do that, go through that process? Once a month, once a year? It, it depends on how often you change stuff. You know, okay. if you're actively using it quite a bit, a whole lot more than somebody who's just surfing the web, you know, maybe once a month. Okay, makes yeah. sense. But now Dropbox, yes and no, it's a backup. It's not really officially a backup, but you can kind of sort of use it as a somewhat of a backup. One uh, Is it OneDrive? I think Windows has something called OneDrive. Yeah, and it's similar to Dropbox. Yeah, you they're know, always trying to get you to use it. Yeah. And yeah. I keep fighting it. That's one thing Steve it's, and I have. And they haven't forced themselves on you Not yet. yet, but they're trying, trust me. Right now they're just being deceitful. They're being, you know, they're manipulating and those kind of things. But I don't, well, why are we talking about this? Uh, I All thought right, it was so, Steve that hated Windows. Wow. <laughs> well, I, 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 I use Windows because you I don't have, have a Mac. But, or I don't have Ubuntu, but that's another topic. All right, so, so moving on here, what, what, where are we going with this? I don't know. Where are you taking us next? Well, so, I, just want, uh, I just, you know, again, you know, I want my computer. I'm sitting at my church. I want my computer to, to do really well. It's tips on what, what need to be done. So we talked about antivirus software. Uh, what about ad blockers? Or, or, I mean, that's something yes, different, right? ad blockers. Those are good. So if you're running on Chrome or Firefox, uh, not so much on Internet Explorer. It's almost a bad word. But if you're something you have in common with with Steve, yes, you say I hate all these things. Well, I just well, you don't love them. Let's I, put it that I, way. You don't love them. I Is recognize that, the nature of these things. All right. So, so uh, oh, let, let me just before we forget, we got a few minutes here. Let's talk about browsers real quick. Internet Explorer, okay? Because we do have, we know there's problems with Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. According to Steve, point zero three percent of the world uses it. Everybody else uses everything else, right? It's not point zero three. It's not but quite it's, that low, but three like percent or something. But but That's so the percentage that should be using it. We have seen problems. People, you know, who we work with streamingchurch.tv and all these other ones, my flock, that do seem to have more problems with Windows Internet Explorer, and then they do Firefox or Chrome. What do you think is the best browser to use, and why? Well, between Chrome and Firefox, it's kind of a personal opinion, really. But the difference is is that each version of Internet Explorer tends to render things slightly different. 
And you really see it if you go way back to, like, say, Internet Explorer 7 versus 11. You'll see a website, and it look it could look completely different. Really? But with Yeah, but with Chrome and Firefox, they tend to render things more similar because they're, they're, they were way, uh, they're a step ahead, and they've always been, as far as the CSS files, you know, how things are laid out. Right. It's interpreted the same, mostly, across, across the way. Okay. But, yeah, so anybody who, who builds websites, really, they'll really get on Internet Explorer because you've got to build a separate sheet so that Internet Explorer, each version, gets it to look the same. Huh. As all the other browsers. Okay. You know. So that's not really the browser people should be using. They should be using something else besides Internet Explorer. Yeah, I would definitely recommend either Chrome or Firefox. What's Edge? Is, isn't Edge just another version of Internet Explorer? Edge is Internet Explorer, but like an app. So okay. it's, yeah, it's just like Internet Explorer. And, and there's Explorer. also like, is it Opera? Oprah, Opera. Opera, yeah. Opera. Not Oprah. She, she, Oprah. she retired. But <laughs> Opera is, 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 it's a browser. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. not as well known, but it's a browser, and there's other ones out there too, I guess. There's a bunch of them, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you stick with the name, the name brands, in a sense, right. you know, you're going to get better results. Right. You know, yeah, Fire, Firefox, Chrome. Okay, those are the two we'd recommend. So, getting back to ad blockers, mm-hmm. uh, unless you wanted to, you looked at. Well, I was just, question. I was just had another question. I'm just thinking, with regard to, I'm not sure if you do a lot of this, um, but if you're you were to assess, you know, like our church, you're, yeah, and you come in and, and kind of walk around and get the lay land, figure out what's going on, and then make a recommendation. You guys should be doing this, this, and this. Is there some things you see more common with people that you interface with that, that people are doing wrong or that could take advantage of something they aren't aware of? or Common mistakes. Yeah. Is there any common things you see going on either in businesses or churches or wherever? Or anything along those lines that pops out? Uh, lack of consistency is what I'd say. One pe- one computer, people are doing something completely different, using something completely different than the other. That's the biggest thing. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll find a lot of specifics, but that that'd be the one thing I'd say. You know, get get consistent with what you're with what you're using, especially when you find something that works. You know, that way you eliminate so many problems just by staying consistent. So consistent being, um, you all, know, we're all, all using. You know, pick a browser, right. use a browser. You know, you know, have it set up the same. Yeah, that's why you'll find a lot of these uh, companies. That's what they do. They they will build uh, a computer. Uh, and when I say build, I mean as far as they install their software, what browser they want the user to use. They set it all up, and then they'll pretty much clone that setup across right. most of all their other computers. That way, they've got. Consistency, right? Okay. In a in a former life, I worked at a very large company, and they issued you a computer, and it was usually two versions behind whatever was available, but it was what everyone else had, and they somewhat tied your hands with what you can do with it, which I'm sure from their perspective is you know you get all frustrated. I want to install this program, and it won't let me, or I can't go, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and but. The whole goal is kind of like what you're saying is they want a consistent, reliable product from you know person to person so that you stay out of trouble. True. And so it's kind of adopting that same philosophy for a smaller business is you know kind of do it on your own. Make sure that everyone's kind of on the same right. wavelength with the tools mm-hmm. that are there. Yeah. Right. 
And so, now you mentioned something too about you can't install this. One thing we see too that would save uh, churches and even companies, even people, uh, you stop using an administrative account. You know, set it up and then create. Once you have it set up, create another account that's just a normal user. And that way, when people are sitting at your computers, they can't do whatever they want and they can't install what they want. I mean, how many churches the youth come in? And they have youth night. Like youth are sitting at the computer, and you come in, and everything's a mess. Right. You know, if if you had a, an admin account that one person used, and password protect all this stuff, you would save yourself such a headache from settings getting messed up and infections coming in, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I remember the youth would have access to our sanctuary and the soundboard and all of that. And so that was the I mean, same kind of principle. They'd get in there like, oh, how do I make this thing? Or I don't know, start pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Sunday morning, come back and like, what happened to our soundboard? So. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad they didn't have a user and administrative account access for the soundboards. Yeah. Really? But same kind of principle, though. You mm-hmm. kind of keep things under control and consistent. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So a couple minutes left. Back to ad blockers. We never got there because I interrupted us. Now, I have found with StreamingChurch.tv, one of our products, that sometimes if somebody has an ad blocker enabled, it can sometimes cause a problem, like because we, we might have something where you click on something and it, you know, it's, there's going to be a pop-up that they have to have to enable something you know, like a DVR or something like that. But you're big on ad blockers, right? I am. And is there... So tell us, first of all, why you're big on that and you think everybody should. And obviously there's, there's things you can uh, – you can ad blockers will block a lot of things, but there's things you can give it permission to allow to, to get through. Right. So there may be something you want to pop up, right? But tell us about ad blockers. Okay, so ad blockers are great because when you're surfing the web – there's so many stuff, so many ads that pop up and come in that one slow down the page load. Two, when they sell the ad space, they're selling it to whoever wants to buy it. To buy it, so you'll find that there's companies out there that you click on the ad and you think because you went to a legitimate company's page and saw the ad on their page that the ad must be good. Well, it's not true. That ad could lead you to an infected site. Okay. So you're blocking the infections. You're speeding up the connections. But you can whitelist, right. uh, depending on the the ad block that you choose. We recommend either uBlock or AdBlock Plus, but you can either turn it off for that entire domain, so or or a specific page. You know, it's really easy to to whitelist certain websites. So, what's a good ad blocker? Because I, I mean, there's different. Ones he just out mentioned there, right? them. Yeah, I just mentioned. What was two. it called? <laughs> I missed it. I was looking for something. uBlock. So it's the letter U right. block. So uBlock is one. Because, mm-hmm. again, you, you know, you, you see these things advertised, and you go to click on it, and all of a sudden, you know, red alert, red alert, I've got a virus, you know. And oh, yeah. what, what I see a lot of times is the ads look like they're part of the page and part of the content. You're like, oh, I need to go install this. And you go to a page, and it's got the download here. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And you click, and you realize, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so uBlock is a good one to get? Mm-hmm. And get what choices? was the other one? AdBlock Plus. Okay, that one I've heard of, AdBlock Plus. But you're right. They're really getting good and sneaky at these ads now. Right. And you will find a page. When the, the downside is when you have an ad blocker, you will find some some companies that when you go to their site, 
They don't like ad blocker, and they can tell you have it on there, and they'll just block the whole site from you, and they'll force you to whitelist their site. Uh, so your option is, is if everybody came out and said, forget it, we're just not going to go to your site anymore, it's power of the people. They would eventually right. stop doing that. Right. You know? Okay. But you so, can whitelist. All right. So I'm, I'm almost out of time here, but defragging, good thing to do, right, for Windows? Defrag? On a normal hard drive, yes. On a solid state, no. No, not on a solid state? Not on a solid Why? state. Because each time you write to a solid state, you're using it up. There's oh. only a limited, there's a lot, but there's a limited amount of writes. And as far as it becoming defragged, it's irrelevant because you're not talking about a platter, which is like yeah. a record, you know, and right. it doesn't have to find it. It knows right. exactly what a data state. is. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So that's a good thing to know. Yeah. Uh, and that's just sneak that in here. The migration from a spinning disk to solid state was the most amazing change for me. Yes. So it's probably, a, I would think you'd recommend that just things just became so much faster. Oh, yeah. Migrating yeah. from a Yeah, we'd highly, highly recommend going to a solid state. Okay. All right. So, but again, if you have the regular one, defrag's good to do. Correct. Right? And disk cleanup and all that. Correct. It should be done on a regular basis. What, once a month? Well, Windows will pretty much maintain itself normally as far as a defrag goes. It'll, mm-hmm. It's pretty good about staying on it. You okay. know, but you could use, you know, we didn't talk about this, but there's a program called CCleaner that um, is a really good cleaning program. Uh, stay away from the registry cleaning side of it, but the normal cleaning side does a really good job about cleaning up okay. all the temp stuff. All right. We're out of time, so sorry. <laughs> so uh, Dan is, is out based. Dan Patagoni has been our guest. He's he's with Fireproof Computing, and he's based out of Tucson, Arizona. Yes. So is there a, a website they can go to? There is. What it's is it? uh, fireproofpc.com. Fireproofpc.com. So that's the best way to get a hold of you if they have questions. It is. And uh, we're out of time. Going over time. Uh, so. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. We're glad to have you finally. We've been talking about doing this for like five years. Well, actually, we had you years ago when we did the video version of this a long time ago. But I remember it was that. a long time mm-hmm. ago, yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, folks, if you want to give us some feedback, please do so. Just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv, one of our, one of our websites, streamingchurch.tv. Love to hear from you. Love to get your thoughts on this. And as always, send your complaints to Steve Lacey. Uh, I'm Phil Thompson. Dan Patagoni's been our guest. We're out of time. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. We will catch you next time on another edition. Take care.